Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 45 of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew. We're getting there. We are getting towards episode 50 and then the big one-year anniversary, episode 52, all right around the horizon. We've got some big plans. Some changes are coming. Good changes. We're not going to be doing like revamp and we're fixing this and fixing that. No, we're just going to make some little improvements here and there. We're going to change a few things up. And that's what it's going to be because Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, it is growing to say the least. And we've got definitely some big plans and little secret project in the works right now that we're crossing our fingers could all pan out. So that does it for that. I'm Jordan Lorenz joined alongside the one and only Drew Skyberg. Drew, it is Sunday football day, three playoff games today as we were recording. Are you ready? And how are you doing? I'm doing great. And I'm really ready, Jordan. There's been a lot of great sports this, this past weekend. We've had, you know, looking back on Saturday, we had three basketball games in Milwaukee. We saw the Marquette Golden Eagles, Get it, pull off an upset win at home against the Seton Hall Pirates. We saw UW Milwaukee. They beat IUPUI. Wow. Um, they finally, you know, they got another conference win. IUPUI so isn't good though, right? They're like middle of the pack. They are. When we get to it, I'll, I'll talk about how bad they are. But okay. they won. They won by like thirty plus. So we'll take that. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, the Bucks. They played, but um, they sadly lost. But hey, it was still a Bucks game at the Pfizer Forum. So you can't go wrong with that. But I'm doing great. Now we got some playoff games on Sunday to celebrate, which was yesterday. And then we also got to look forward to tonight's game, the Cardinals and the Rams on ABC. So Can't wait. It's on ABC, ESPN, ESPN2. I mean, it's everywhere. That game, the game Sunday between the Cowboys and 49ers, it's on like Amazon. It's on like CBS. It's on like Nickelodeon. It's on like every channel you could possibly think of. I mean, good for them, right? I certainly will not be watching the Nickelodeon. I am. So are you really? Yeah, you watched we, it? we talked about it on the journey to a million. We wow. predicted our NVPs. Mitch Trubisky cannot win it this year, sadly, but go listen to our predictions for Friday from Friday's episode. Actually, Saturday's our wildcard yes. weekend edition. So go check that out. I unreal. The whole slime with the touchdown thing. That's the coolest part they do. But other than that, I did not watch any of it for last year. I won't. I'll find a clip or two, I'm sure. But we'll see at the end of the day. I mean, it's Monday Night Football is all I care about. Cardinals, Rams, that's a big one. That really is. And I also got to mention, Jordan, on, you know, talking all this football right now. I was actually on a football podcast on Saturday, the lockdown corner. I was on an episode with them talking the head coaching vacancies. We talked some of the pat. We, we did a lot of Packer talk, talked about their upcoming, you know, what teams you're afraid we're afraid of, you know, potential head coaches, like I said, for other other teams and then also just just previewing last week's Packer game week 18 uh that that game sadly but hey I was there so I got to flex yeah, on that were. but it was overall it was a really fun episode and we'll definitely their episode or that episode link will be in our bio and then make sure to subscribe to them on YouTube and stuff they do a lot of great work they have kind of like a sports betting thing going on just like us and also a guy on there that is doing something called the fanalytics so he's actually like watching he's breaking down film of players and you know Great football mind. He's been a football coach. He's a college football player. It's Dustin Burgundy. He was on Drew's College Athlete Spotlight. So, you know, he, he's very knowledgeable in the game of football. And he certainly, he does a lot of great work. And just, just I recommend go check those guys out. They do, they spend so much time on their stuff. And they do such a great job. So, uh, 100%. That's, that's my shout out. We had a big week last week. We aired that College Athlete Spotlight. As we said, we, we're going to have an EWC, but that got flexed to this week. So, hopefully this Thursday... Drew and Arbor will have that EWC girls recap Friday. I talked about the pod league, the winner of that Zach got to intro that episode as he did win the pod league. Congratulations. 
Mr. Roush, you have won yourself a Jordan Drew, the sports crew hat, courtesy of the sports crew. That was our last one. All the hats are gone now. They have all been given away. And then on Saturday, like you said, that was journey to a million. It got flexed back a day, but it worked. But the whole NFL wild card three day extravaganza, I guess you could call it. This week, we've got episode 45 here today. Wednesday, we are aiming for our college bowl game recap with Johnny Tim. We're going to talk about all the big bowls. We'll talk about the Wisconsin one. We'll talk about the standings. Who won in there? Still have yet to claim that second place, second place prize. Easy for me to say. So we'll talk about all that on there. Who knows who's going to end up winning? And like I said, then Friday, hopefully we'll have another episode of Journey to a Million with that EWC recap on Thursday. Another busy, busy week. For us here at the Sports Crew, don't forget all of our social medias, JD Sports Pod on Twitter, Jordan Drew underscore Sports Crew on Instagram, Jordan Drew the Sports Crew on Facebook, and on YouTube. I think that's it. We got our pod page as well. You can leave us a five-star review on that pod page. Give us a nice little review on Apple Podcasts as well. Spotify now as well. Got to shout that one out more. But yeah, we're getting close to 50 YouTube subscribers as well. So things are looking good. For us on YouTube, some numbers are up big once in a while here and there, which is always great to see. And now let's get to the shout out of the week. This should be absolutely no surprise. If you listen to the sports crew on the radio last Thursday night, we did Roncalli Keel. Roncalli started off very, very slow. He was dominating this game. Roncalli led for a little bit in the first half. It was basically all Keel up about 15 points at one time, up 10 with about five minutes left to go in this game. Roncalli, they got the youth. To mess up, they got foul trouble. Two of their players, Heckman, and who is the other one fouled out? Arns. Arns did foul out. Yes, 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 he did foul out. That's right. It was like forty seconds left, and he fouls out. So both of them get fouled out. Arns, their best player on offense, obviously, he was tie. I think nineteen points he had tie for the lead on this team. Luke Pouts, ice from the free throw line, six of six in the final minute, made them all. Huge free throws to get this team back on top. Brett Simmer with a few huge offensive possessions. But then Roncalli up three with 20 seconds left to go. Neither team has a timeout. Keel gets the ball. They go down the court. Five foot six sophomore Aiden Murphy knocks it down. A three pointer, a thing of beauty. He was wide open, puts it in the back of the net. Seven seconds left. Roncalli, no timeouts. They're just forced to go with it. Inbound to Yonda. Braden Yanda is our shout-out of the week. Goes the length of the court in seven seconds. Finishes with the right. A go-away layup to win it. And now, before I get to you, Drew, I was going to say, we talked to Coach on the post-game show. And one of the things I'm always intrigued about is I asked him, I said, why didn't you foul in that last possession? You're up three. I am always a foul-first kind of guy. But he had a really good, lengthy explanation about a game that happened one other time. And he was just talking about how he thinks bad luck could be on their side and they would follow while they're shooting or something like that. It was a really good explanation by a coach. And he said, maybe he'll rethink it. Maybe not. I don't know. I wasn't trying to convince him anyway. I was just simply asking because me and Dan Franz talk about this all the time on the radio. If you're up three and there's just a few seconds left, you got to follow. That's the way to go in my opinion, but I'm not a coach. Dan used to be. So I always think he's my little expert there, but drew at the end of the day, Braden Yana gets our shout out of the week. Go away layup. What a comeback for Ron Colley. Certainly, yeah. We talked about game of the year being brilliant, Roncalli. You know, that game gets pushed to the side after a game like this. You got a guy, yeah, Brain Brain Yanda, really hitting that dagger at the buzzer was certainly something else. But Aiden Murphy, he is a bad man, Jordan. Five six sophomore 
put into a, at, at the jet hanger, put in a spot like that delivers to tie the game. You know, sadly that shot will not be remembered by many because of, you know, Yanda hitting that buzzer beater, but come on that. Wow. That was impressive. And that just shows like the upside. A lot of these guys have like Pierce Arns. This is his league in two years. Once Lorenzo has gone, this is his league and or his conference, I guess is the way to say it, but just shocked, you know, I think right now an Aiden Murphy, Brady Bonart player comp would be fair. You know, Brady Bonart being a senior at Valders right now. I, I know Murphy's got two more years, but both those guys, excellent shooters. And yeah, Murphy's just got a great stroke from the three-point arc. So looking at that, Jordan, and then also, yeah, you mentioned you mentioned uh, uh, well, the dominance of Pouts, too, is another thing here. You mentioned how he 20 points second half. He 20 of those boards, too. You know, me track and rebounds. I believe we had 20, 23, I think I was. Yeah, I, I think it was like, I think it was like 29 inch points and 22 rebounds or something yeah, like that. A 2020 game to say the least. And just right there, you know, dominant, dominant player. And, you know, really controlled the glass over a guy like Grant Munns, who's averaging 15.7 boards a game, really able to just control the, the yeah, the, the glass and just dictate, you know, in, in the paint basically. And yeah, you mentioned the, the interesting argument you brought up. In the interview with Joe Garso, I, you know, I, I, I can see kind of his thought process there, but kind of the ball is inside the uh, three point arc at any time. You got to follow, you got to follow. I, I, you know, I, I understand the fear of following in the act of shooting for a three. Like that's where like, I, I, I agree not to, not to take that risk, but if the ball, you know, even up at half court, like, you think that like, this is an NBA continuation. I was just going to say that, that, right. You're not going to follow and then they chuck it off. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't be worried about that unless there's like one second left. You could certainly get that then. But if, if there's like five, five seconds left, they're not going to take, you know, so that's certainly where you could. And I, I think coach Garso, I think if he thinks about it, I think because they're going to have a lot of closer games down the stretch. I, I hope it's somebody takes it into consideration because that's winning basketball plays strategy like that. That's that's winning basketball, you know, making the right decision. I know he also mentioned he almost called a timeout when they didn't have any timeouts. Yes, so that was, I loved thinking, it when he mentioned that. That was a great point. Thinking about stuff like that, I, I it's always, you know, the coaches, like the impact of coaches on a game is so fundamentally important to a team. And that's why I, I just, when he mentioned that, I, I just, I thought about like he could have costed his own team the game. He's not even playing. You know, that's, that's the beauty, you know, of the beauty and the importance of being a coach, you know, just, it shows how much your decisions and just how much your strategy truly impacts the game. And yeah, I, I was happy with how that Ryan, Joe Garso's team rebounded in the, in the second half, you know, rebounded as a whole and just like rebounding as a team. So <laughs> certainly a great, yeah, great comeback win for Ron Colley. And we'll, we'll talk more in our EWC talk about some other games going on, but great game to announce Jordan. And we're, we'll be back at it this Thursday. Right? Yes, it's a big one. I didn't realize the Lancer girls were as good as they were, but they're up there in the conference. So that is going to be a great game at Mishkot. Can't wait for it. I'll do. I'll be doing all my prep this week. Drew will be getting his notes prepared as well. We got a big one coming up on Thursday. I don't know. I don't know what station we're on. I think it's on WOMT. I'll look real quick here. But either way, we will be talking more EWC here in the episode. That was just a huge game at the jet hangar. All right, let's see here. The, uh, I'm in the wrong year. So we are looking at Lutheran at Mishkot. Yes, it says WOMT. So we will Prime be time. on. Yes, we will be there January 20th, just days away. Can't wait for it. But uh, the other thing I wanted to say before we move on is that's a tough message 
Truly, that was a very loud jet hanger. Your team has no timeout. So after Pouts made those free throws, it's tough for coach to be screaming at his guys to foul or not to foul. You know what I mean? Like it's tough to hear in their place regardless than the fact that you don't have a timeout and you're just kind of screaming it at them. But they didn't foul and thankfully it didn't cost them the game. And even if they didn't foul, they Keel would have had a chance to get it. But I think that game probably went in overtime. Aiden Murphy, regardless, nine points, all of them from three point, if I remember right. So Time to move on. Stats of the week. And this one is interesting because in the Packers-Lions game last week, you weren't there, so I'm sure you didn't see this, but they put up a graphic. And I thought I thought this was just a graphic of Aaron Rodgers, right? I just thought they were talking about Aaron Rodgers and his ratio. But no, this is in the entire NFL, the highest touchdown-to-interception ratios of all time in a single season, minimum 500 attempts. Aaron Rodgers holds all six spots on this graphic. He starts in 2019. His lowest was a 26 to 4 ratio. In 2011, he had a 45 to 6 ratio. 2014, a 38 to 5 ratio. 2021, a 37 to 4 ratio. 2020, last year's MVP season, 48 to 5. He hasn't had to throw as many touchdowns this year because of their run game, the dominance of Dylan and Aaron Jones. And then 2018, 25 to 2 ratio. Aaron Rodgers, you want to talk about a bad man. Aaron Rodgers is the graphic. I've never seen anything like this before, Drew. Yeah, the way he's really able to, you know, I mean, just not throw interceptions. I guess it's as simple as that. Not be not making the right decision. And some people say he's not aggressive, doesn't go for that deep ball. He goes for that deep ball, and it's yes. it's still impressive. And that's usually the argument made, you know, why Tom Brady's got his like eleven interceptions, but Looking at just Aaron Rodgers as a whole, we're talking about, you know, one of the one of the greatest, if not the greatest quarterbacks right. of all time. And just watching him play, certainly always a treat. And yeah, it doesn't does not throw those picks. No, he doesn't at all. And when he does, like in week one when he threw two of them, it was shocking to say the very least. Let's go to another one. There are no unbeaten teams left. And men's and women's college basketball, this shows how much of an unpredictable year it is. We just saw Baylor, the number one seed, lose twice in the same week in men's basketball. The defending champs are struggling. This is the earliest day without an unbeaten team over the last 25 seasons. I always love the unpredictableness, so that's really, really good stuff. Let's move on to the NBA. There have been 80 triple-doubles in Mavericks franchise history. Some of the players, you know, they've got 40. If you want to combine a bunch of players in Mavericks history, Luka Doncic has 40 by himself. He has half of the triple doubles in Mavericks franchise history. Football time. The Bills, man, we're going to talk about this game coming up. They're the first team in NFL history with seven or more touchdowns, no punts, and no turnovers in a playoff game. An unreal performance by this team over the Patriots. And then last night, It was the first time in Big Ben's career, the first time in Ben Roethlisberger's career, he was over a 10.5-point underdog. So that just shows, I think, how little faith people have in the Steelers and how much faith the people have in the Chiefs and how they've turned their seasons around. But I think it was like 12.5-point favorites were the Chiefs. But we'll talk about NFL when we get there. Let's move on. On this day, January 17th, 2022. Not a whole lot, but... We've got some good things here. It all starts in 1934. I just, I always find this contract stuff from years ago oh so intriguing. The NL MVP, Carl Hubel of the New York Giants, he gets a contract. 
of $18,000, and it is listed as a huge contract. So that just goes to show how much time has changed. But Drew, baseball money, it's unreal. It, like, it is, I don't understand for the life of me how baseball players make as much money as they do. Well, you think about it, Jordan. I, I know there's a lot of players, if you look on a team 40, with 40-man rosters, but you know the, the top guys, these owners got money. I, you think of Steve Cohen at the, at the Mets, you know, working you know, with hedge funds and just like, he's got billions. I, I think, I mean, I, I don't know what his net worth is, but like these owners got a lot of money in baseball. So they certainly have the, you know, the, the capacity. Yeah. He's got 16. His net worth is 16 billion, 15.3 billion. Oh, good so Lord. If we're looking any net worth, Yeah. So we're looking at, you know, a guy who's got, who's got a lot of money. Right. And I would say with that, uh, you can, you can throw some money around with, you know, there's not, there's not salary cap. You can, they can pay the luxury tax. So that's kind of why we see these big contracts thrown around Jordan. And even in the NBA too, because you know, all those are the salary cap, but you, you can afford to pay these guys. Not like in football where I mean, you'll see those big contracts, those quarterbacks and those star players, but yeah, 53 man roster. You got to really allocate, like allocate the funds. So on well, baseball, they also kind of earn it more because they are playing a ton of games. Baseball is, so long of a season. I mean, basketball, you're playing, what, one, two games a week, sometimes three. Baseball, sometimes you're playing every day. I mean, it is a huge difference in that. On this day in 1970, Sporting News names Willie Mays as the player of the decade for the 1960s. Let's go one year later. On this day in 1971, the fifth Super Bowl. It was held at the Orange Bowl Stadium in Miami. The Colts beat the Cowboys 16-13. to The MVP was the linebacker of the Cowboys, the losing team's linebacker, wins the MVP. I found that very, very intriguing. Let's go 20 years later. On this day, 1991, Andy Van Helmond sets the NHL record for most games worked by a referee when he appears in 1,173 regular season games. On this day, 1995, this one was funny. The LA Rams announced they are moving to St. Louis that didn't last a whole lot long. We're seeing the Rams in playoff action tonight from L.A. And then two years later, on this day in 1997, the NBA suspends Dennis Rodman indefinitely for kicking a cameraman. So that was just a fun, lighthearted way to end things off. Any comments on any of these, or is it time to move on to our ad? I've seen that Dennis Rodman clip before. Certainly yes. not a good look for, uh, yeah, for Dennis Rodman. But Definitely okay. not, but it's not like he's known for good looks either. I mean, Dennis Rodman, he is... He is something else, to say the very least. So that does it. Time to move on our pair ad. We're going to play it right now. If you have a business, you need a website. What's the best way to get a website up and running, you ask? Choose a website hosting company that makes it simple, like Pair Networks. Pair has over 20 years of experience managing the entire digital ecosystem for thousands of online businesses all around the world. Pair makes it easy for you with do-it-yourself website building tools and features, including simple drag-and-drop page design. They have guaranteed U.S.-based support technicians ready to help you whenever you need it. That's right, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Right now, when you sign up with Pair Networks, you receive one free month of web hosting. See for yourself how easy it is to build your website for free. Visit Pair.com slash free Take your first month of website hosting for free by using our promo code Quick Start. That's pair, P A I R dot com slash free, F R E E, using that promo code Quick Start, Q U I C K S T A R T, to get started 
today. All right, that'll do it. I think I think we only got two weeks out of that one. So your final chance to use our promo code. Go ahead, play that ad and do whatever you please. If you want to use it, thank you very much. And if you don't want to use it, then hopefully we'll have another sponsorship coming up that you will want to use. Let's start in hockey talk. We're going to waste no time. We're just going to get right into it real quick. All we're talking about is the all-star game this week. It is happening on February 5th. So it's about a month away, a little less, probably half a month, actually, at this point in time. It'll be happening on February 5th, as I said, at two o'clock central time, ABC. You can see it there. There's the skills competition the night before. I mean, I know a lot of people I always go to like the NBA skills competition where they do like the three points and whatever, but that hockey skills competition is kind of interesting. If you just record it and kind of fast forward through stuff, if you want, but let's talk about the all-star game. That's what we're here to discuss. Drew, I know you're new to this, so I'm going to explain thanks to ESPN in this article. They've got everything up here and the entire set of rules. Each team consists of 11 players. Now, The All-Star Game is back to four divisional teams. We have the Metropolitan, the Atlantic, the Central, and the Pacific. It's a three-on-three tournament with those four teams. This is the first time since the 2019-20 season since we are seeing this format. We already know 10 players on the All-Star teams. The 11th is a fan vote. The last man in today is your last chance to vote for the last man in. There's a player from every team in there that you get to vote on all we're going to talk about is our central division with the Minnesota wild, because we have two all stars, no surprise at all that Kirill Kaprizov did indeed make the all-star team. He is a forward for this team. And then Cal, Cal, Cam Talbot, the goalie of the wild has made the all-star team. Great to see for Cam Talbot. I know this team was struggling a bit, but they're thankfully back on track. Things are looking good. And don't forget to vote. For that last man in, Ryan Hartman is the Wilds guy that you are able to vote for for this team and try and get him in the All-Star game. We're going to try and get Ryan Hartman in. Don't think it'll happen, but you never know. Never say never. So that's hockey talk this week. Just a nice quick look at the upcoming All-Star game. Back to the three-on-three format. Some love it. Some hate it. But Drew, what were your thoughts when we saw the Badgers live in overtime? What did you think of the three-on-three compared to the five-on-five? Um. I we only got for a few minutes, so it was hard for me to get True. get a good judgment on it. But certainly, I I felt maybe I you got like if it felt like they were getting more shots. It felt like you were being able you're able to like really you know make the make more of your possessions. So I thought that was you know for terms of like energy and like pace, maybe more exciting. But you know I, I'm not sure yet. Got to see it more. And when did you say the All Star game was? Just uh, February February fifth, I believe. It's that weekend, so then, right? The fifth. Yes. Yep. yep. So, so two Saturdays from now. Just checking the calendar. I'm gonna have to write this down. Fifth. Please yep. do. Yeah, we can. Nice in the afternoon, two o'clock. Go ahead, watch the All Star game at your dorm in Milwaukee. I mean, it's the three and three format. I feel like some people have just gotten sick of it for whatever reason. But like you said, it does indeed bring a much more fast paced environment to the game of hockey because you get those quick subs in and out. They're subbing like every 30 seconds to get those fresh skates out there. And those possessions are going to be more important. Yeah, exactly. And I just looking at my schedule, Jordan, I got I think I'm going to be at a hockey game in Stevens Point. That weekend. So I'll be watching hockey there, too. So maybe I can watch hockey there. Get a double hockey fix. How double dose of hockey? Yeah, you were drained from our double dose when we had both games. But hey, why not? Right. So let's move on. Hockey talk is coming and gone. The all-star game. We'll be talking more hockey, obviously, coming up when we get to it. But 
We're going to save the NFL for last this time. We're going to go up to bottom. We kind of switch it around. Let's talk Bucks first in the world of the professional basketball or the National Basketball Association. The Bucks coming off a loss to the Raptors. They have lost three of their last four, losing twice to the Hornets. Then they beat the Warriors, kind of blew them out. It was a 19-point win over Golden State in the Pfizer form. Then just that seven-point loss to the Raptors on Saturday. But, Drew, what's going on with this team? How are they losing back-to-back games to the Hornets? That, to me, is just weird. Yeah, so that was last weekend already. And when that happened, Jordan, um, well, pointing to guy being out, you know, Drew Holiday missing some time. That's really, I'm not going to say that's that's the fault. But, like, look, again, Giannis played two explosive games, too. You know, Giannis-type games, you know, putting, like, 30-plus points, you know, double-digit rebounds, playing well. Chris Milton actually put up, he was one assist shy, I believe, of a triple-double. So if we're looking at, like, player performance, those guys certainly aren't to blame. It's just, you know, that young Hornets team has, they have a lot of weapons, and really, they're young, and they they have some great games, but we saw this team then lose, I believe, to the Magic, Magic being one of the worst teams in the league a few, like, a few days ago. But like Terry Rozier, he's certainly, you know, a guy who they have and he, he's performed very well as of late and kind of he's been thriving kind of there since he he left Boston. But looking down the roster, Miles Bridges has been playing like an all star. You know, you could make an argument for him on the Hornets, certainly a young and up, up and coming player as well. And then, of course, we all know about LaMelo Ball. He's been he's been playing well, man. As those balls have definitely lived up to the hype, to say the least. Yeah, he has over Lonzo, of course. But, you know, they just have some guys I like. I, I, I've i always been high on a guy like Cody Martin off the bench. Just a great defensive player. Doesn't get a lot of minutes because there, there's guys who, you know, who play over. You know, you got like Gordon Hayward. You got P.J. Washington. You got like Kelly Oubre. Like there's who's actually out. But like you got guys in the depth chart who are over a guy like Cody Martin. But they, they're just a young, great team. And. You know, Bucks Bucks ended up losing that. And just to talk about their stats a little bit, yeah, like Jordan Moore played like 30 minutes. I mean, you're playing a guy who's not the greatest defensively, and that kind of relates, you know, to that kind of relates to a point I want to make about the games we saw this week. So like talking Warriors and talking Raptors, those two games this week, Jordan. Did you catch any of those games? Or I did not. You did not, yeah. I want to talk about um you know, yeah, you mentioned though to me, you're like Steph Curry. He's been struggling as of late. Um, yeah, he he, he kind of has been, you know. But the, this Bucks game was certainly a struggle for him. Draymond Green was out, so his record, the record this year without Draymond Green, compared with is, you know, I think I think they're like two and five, two and something, maybe three and something now. I don't know how how if they their performance last night without him, but he's been out the last few games. They're thirty one and eleven, so make of that. Yeah. Or at least they were they're still they're still they going to be contenders in playoff time. Yeah. And they, they were as of that January 13th game. I'm not sure. I don't think it's updated, but, you know, they started a guy like like Kevin Looney. They, they've started, you know, Jonathan Kaminga, a guy who we saw get drafted. He he is now getting some good minutes because just like the injuries they have. So, you know, certainly a Draymond Green list team is, is kind of tough for this Warriors squad. But that makes Curry. You know, Curry was on. Getting matched up on a guy, Wesley Matthews, and Wesley Matthews being a lockdown defender certainly gave him troubles the whole game. And he's just the work he's been able to do defensively for this Bucks team is incredible. And it's I'm so happy they were able to get him back because 
he was needed for this for this Bucks team, and that kind of relates then. Well, that, that kind of oomphed them to this 19 point win. And they were up, they were up big uh, during this game, Jordan. They were up 25 plus in oh, the wow. second quarter. So certainly was great for them. But then Bucks versus Raptors. So that was the game we saw Saturday night in Milwaukee, Pfizer Forum. Tough because you have what I found shocking was Wesley Matthews on Fred Van Vliet, who, by the way, is having a career year, top one of the top guards in the NBA. Uh, you saw him in the game and what happened was it, it was unbelievable because you take out Wesley Matthews, Jordan, right away. Fred Van Vliet gets like a quick spurt of like nine, nine, ten points with, with Matthews out. And he ended up only finishing with 17 points. But with Wesley Matthews on, we could not get a shot what they were going to do because what they try to do with uh, Van Vliet, they try to run a screen action, you know, get try to get a mismatch for Van Vliet to take advantage. You know, Wesley Matthews really was was just hugging him tight, you know, going up on screens. And then they would, they would force like, a good, nice double team going on Van Vliet, make him, make him pass. He made, he made the right play, you know, nine times out of 10 two, seven assists he finished with. And, but yeah, Pascal Siakam was the real threat. 30 and 10, 30 points. He finished with triple double, 30, 10 and 10, actually. So that was certainly hurt the Bucks. Precious Achua pl- played well. And one of their younger players they got there. And then they, they were, they were short of guys like Gary Trent and Scotty Barnes. So guys who get like, Starter minutes, that, that was tough for the the Raptors, but they still were able to come up with a win after, I believe they lost in Detroit the night before. So that's interesting. You lose to Detroit. And then right. how does that work? You end up beating the, the Bucks. Let me let me just quickly see the score of that game to see how close it was. But otherwise, that was... Bucks, Bucks are in action four times this week. I was just looking while you looked that up. They played a day, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. They're at Atlanta, and then they play. Listen to this. They play Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Three games at home. That Wednesday, Friday, Saturday game, Grizzlies, Bulls, and Kings, all those at home, but they're at Atlanta on Monday. A four-game week for the Bucks. That's big time. Yeah, and the Pistons beat them by 16 the night before. I just wanted to look. Wow, okay. But, yeah, you mentioned four-game, four-game weeks. We see, like, that Grizzly game at home is going to be tough. Bulls at home. Uh, Levine's out right now, so we'll see if he's still going to be out because that's a big part of that game. But, yeah, DeMar DeRozan's playing like a top-five player right now in, in the NBA, which is insane. Maybe maybe top-10, but, you know, still playing excellent basketball right now. That Grizzlies game, if you want to watch a great young team come to Milwaukee, I recommend you will go to that Grizzlies game. John Morant, Desmond Bain, you know, those two guys right there have been – dynamic duo to say the least and then i mean you got some younger guys d'anthony melton uh dylan brooks is out right now that would have been a great guy to see too but just overall you know an exciting team in memphis they got Bruin right now john Morant's playing like a superstar as well so looking like a, maybe a tougher week for the bucks but I, they got two two of those games they should be able to easily cruise with but like those other two are of course winnable like they could easily go undefeated this week it's the world defending champion Milwaukee Bucks. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm not worried about this Bucks team, Jordan. Waiting for Drew Good. Holiday to come back. And when you have that big three playing together, their record is, don't know what it is, but it, it's it's extremely high when those three are on the court together. So and that's that trio right there. You love to see it. So not time for Marquette. We were watching a huge game against Seton Hall where they ended up winning. This one was close down the stretch. I watched like the final 10 minutes or so. Of the second half, I mean, the Lewis no-call thought that was going to screw Marquette over for sure, but then they get the benefit of the doubt with that foul call. 
in the final few seconds, which I know was very controversial to a lot of people. And we'll talk about another controversial call when we get to the NFL. But yeah. Marquette gets the win by one, 73-72. Huge win over Seton Hall at home. And now the schedule picks up, I think, five or six of their next games, all against ranked opponents. This is that gauntlet that we mentioned a few weeks ago. They're actually on CBS Sports Network, according to this, on the 19th against Villanova, that at Villanova. But yeah, three of the four games on the road, three of their next four on the road. Drew, this is tough coming up from Marquette, but this is make it or break a time, right? Shaka Smart, he's got momentum. His team has been playing well lately. They're blowing some teams out. They're beating some ranked teams. Now you got to prove it. This team right now, Jordan, could slip into 25 on Monday. Serious. They could, they, you know, they have the wins now where you could make an argument. I know they have six losses, but everyone's losing right now. You could easily insert them into the top 25 at 25. Maybe that's, they'll, they'll for sure receive votes. We saw them, yeah, beat Seton Hall, also ranked number 20. But I'm not worried if I'm Marquette right now playing these ranked opponents. Uh, I, we saw them beat DePaul as well this week. They've shot up. The rankings on Ken Palm right now, uh, they are, you know, and I'm looking at like the net, they're inside the top 50 right now. So something many Marquette fans did not expect coming into the year. They expected them to be like near the seller is kind of like where they were hovering around, like better than slightly better than teams like Georgetown and DePaul. But they've hung in there and they've really, you know, impressed a lot of people. And it goes to it just goes like guys like transfer, um, you know, Looking at Daryl Morsell, 26 points on yeah, Saturday. Big time well. game. But yeah, big time player too, and just locks down their best player. And then also looking at guy like Tyler Kolek. I think he's certainly like the X factor of this team. Certainly that unsung hero, I'd put him at. You know, might not do a lot of scoring, two points, one for seven shooting, but seven assists. See, you know, he the plays he makes, team player. Makes we talked about it last week. I talked about he makes the right decisions always, you know, just a smart basketball player. And that 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 stays the truth. I mean, I'm not gonna say anything other than that. That's that's how it's been. And I just call it as I see it. That's that's a guy you want on your team. And I'm so glad Shaka was able to bring him aboard to this Marquette squad. And also then of course Justin Lewis, you know, the the star of the team, you could say. Just overall. Great player, 18 points he finished with against Seton Hall. And he certainly, you know, Jordan, he could go to the NBA next year. He could he could go enter the draft. He'd get drafted. Uh, maybe second round. I mean, probably second round, but certainly a prospect a lot of people are interested in. Hopefully he stays, though. Um, right. It would benefit he, him if he stays. I would agree, but we've seen guys like Dawson Garcia last year. You're bringing up the old Marquette squad, DJ Carton. Both these guys, you know, they they left and thought they were ready for the draft. Uh, we're not seeing them in the I NBA. I was going right to say, now. what are they doing now? Maybe G League. I haven't. I've not really looked around where those guys have been, but you know, it, it's certainly a risk. Risk some players are willing to take, but we should talk, Jordan. I talked about it with you. All access against the Paul. Oh know? yes, bring it up. I wasn't able to watch this. I was announcing. I will have to enlighten everyone. It was January 11th, so that was the last Tuesday. Tuesday, here we yeah, go. I... All access for the first time two years. I don't need notes or anything. Uh, you know, here we go. Just me talking. I will set my scene. I didn't make notes for this. I don't need to. My point. So, January 11th, the Tuesday night, they announced they're going all access for the first time in two years since the pandemic. They go all access. What that means? No commercial breaks. Nothing. Not even halftime. You know, no you know how much money they probably lose on that. Hey, 
for the fans. I know it is, but I'm just saying that's insane. Yeah. So what happens is no, nothing, no commercials. We coaches are mic'd up the whole game. They play like you can hear both coaches arguing both times, which was awesome. Like you can hear them like yelling at players. There's some excellent quotes I got from a legend and Shaka Smart. He has some legendary quotes, Jordan. I, you know, I actually like retweeted some. I was like, you got to be careful with what you say in these if you're a coach because, like, cancel culture in they, full effect. I mean, if you say one bad thing, it could end poorly. They did a poor job of bleeping out swear words. So they would try oh, to, it was it. delayed. It, it was, it was fine. You know, it, it was kept pretty PG and the coaches did a great job of, you know, we still, they're still authentic as possible. Argue with officials. Yeah, it's you know. still heat of the moment. You're going to forget yeah. that you're mic'd up. And there's just some good moments, you know, with, with, uh, Shaka just screaming at some players or just like telling them like, yeah, play for these guys, not for yourself. Play for, play for them. It was legendary stuff, you know, stuff that gives you goosebumps, I'd say. But yeah, they had, they had cameras in the locker room. We got to listen to Shaka Smart's um, halftime show. And then also with DePaul's coach, I forgot his name. So let me search it because he was, you know, Tony Stubblefield. That was the guy. He, he has a lot of re- like, for example, like all you yell is blue, blue. Like they have, that's like their call. Like they'll call that to like press or like, I, I think it was to go in a zone is actually what the, what they were using it as, you know, also they used it for multiple things basically. And Tony Stubblefield, he got, he got really mad at his players. And the best part was at the end of the game, it showed the halftime or the uh, end of the game because the camera's in there. You also got to see how much better Marquette's locker room is than the away team's locker room, which is actually shocking. And just overall, priceless at the end of the game you see tony stubblefield they show him the cut to it is amazing it's saved in my twitter i'll it's on there jordan i'll make sure Good. to show you but Good. tony stubblefield is just yelling at his players after the game cuts the marquette shaka smart and the team is dancing together dance party unbelievable stuff shaka being a player's coach also during the game just one more side thing like a player falls down for marquette shaka just goes to pick him up as he's like it was some good stuff on a foul. Like if right near him, sure. Go, runs out of the court, picks him up. It is certainly a player's coach. Probably. I, I, I've never watched a coach, you know, I don't know how to explain it, but like, there's a, co- like watching Shaka smart coaches, Marquette team, just as a person. And like, as a coach, like a strategy and stuff, he might be one of the greatest coaches I've ever seen. And I, I know it's, it's early Jordan and that might be a hot, you know, bold take, but th- this first few months of Shaka has been, you know, impressive stuff. And I'm certainly happy and grateful he is a part of the Marquette Golden Eagle team. So certainly he reminds me of like a Sean McVay almost because I'm sure you yes. saw the clip. Tyler Higby gets a touchdown. Sean McVay sprints into the end zone, to go and celebrate with them, gets yelled at by the official. But that's what you got to do if you're a coach. It doesn't matter. Like in college, it's a little different because they're kind of still kids in a way. But even in the professionals, if you can't relate with them, if you can't be one of the boys, as they like to say, I mean, you're not going to be the best coach. You got to be able to relate with these players and make those connections. The one tough thing with all access, Jordan is not a lot of, um, you know, no breaks. You got to make, you know, you I was going to ask you that. I was going to yeah. say, when do you, you go to the sit. bathroom? When do you get up? When do you do anything? I, I, there is actually like a little break in between like, cause like them get, get, having to go to the locker room, they ran commercials for like one to two minutes. So like, True. That was like but would you be interested in watching an all access game? Oh, absolutely. It is high quality. So make sure you have a bigger TV because like they have the coaches on the screen the whole time, so the game is smaller. That's my one oh, recommendation, which okay. I watch on a bigger TV. So it wouldn't be good to like watch on your phone. No, no, no. Yeah. So you gotta watch on a bigger TV. But certainly if they do all access again, I'll make sure I let you know, Jordan, because yes, it's certainly, please do. 
it's a Fox FS1 kind of exclusive kind of thing. So, you know, I, I don't think it'll be on like Big Ten Network or they, they own any of those will not do it. So maybe eventually, but not right now yeah. as we stand. So, yeah, so, I would have recorded it, too, but I had no clue it was like that. So sadly, I missed it, but I'm sure they'll do it again. Did you want to talk Milwaukee at all real quick? I just looked up UWGB. They beat IUPUI as well. They beat them by 15. This team sucks. So absolutely good for us. <laughs> Beating IUPUI, they're one in fourteen. If Green Bay beats you by fifteen, anyone can beat you. Well, Jordan, there are three hundred fifty-eight teams in Division One. Guess where they? Guess where IUPUI is ranked? What's three fifty? Three fifty-six out of three fifty-eight, Jordan. This is oh, one of the worst teams Lord. in the nation. How did they? Who did they even beat? I'm gonna look this up. Um, they probably had an exhibition game against some D two school. I mean, I'll be honest. That's uh, probably the way be. the way you win a game if you're IUP, IUPUI. Yeah, I'll find it. And talk. Green Bay is 328 out of 358. So they're not great either, but the way they were able to handle IUPUI as well, you know, certainly speaks to how poor of a team IUPUI has been. They and beat we also, Spalding, who is 0-2 on the year. Yeah, and I don't know where that is, what that is. So that's, I have no idea. Certainly not a good look. You know, how is Robert Morris? How high do they have them, Murray? Because they are also 306. Interesting. Oh. Interesting. Milwaukee, however, is at 270. So we're looking, yeah, six and twelve. But they're, you know, they've had some really tough non-con games. So their their record doesn't really speak, I don't think, a whole lot. What I want to look at for Milwaukee is the conference standings. And that's something, you know, we didn't talk about Marquette, but they're in the middle of the pack. And then we didn't talk about the Bucks either. The Bucks are hovering around that three, four seed range. So just to mention them quickly. But yeah, we're the Milwaukee Panthers are sitting. Oh, come on. They're not going to show me. They're not going to show me their horizon league standings. They're going to show me their overall standings. They're overall no. ninth, which of is not, not what we want to see. Let me just pull this up. Cause green Bay is near the seller too. I was going to say green here. I got it right here. So Cleveland up top seven and all right now, Cleveland unbeaten Cleveland state six and or seven and one. I should say. So then you have Milwaukee, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth at four and five, and then Green Bay's 10th at two and five they, in conference. They will beat UIC next time they play them. They actually lost them this time. This team will finish over 500 in conference, and they will, okay, yeah, I think I'll just end my, end my take there. They'll finish over yeah, 500 in conference. Yeah, that's probably all you can say right this now. It can't go any farther, mm-hmm. um, but... Yeah, not a good, you know, maybe they do an all-access game for Coach Baldwin. Yeah, I would love that'd that. That'd be but something. Yeah, all jokes aside, though, if there's an all-access game, I'm please, please watch it if you like basketball. It is it is the greatest thing ever. You know, certainly you got to listen on game plans and stuff. Just if you're a coach, even or if you want to be a coach, if you just love basketball, just please listen. It's certainly some great stuff. But we got some high school to talk about if you're all you set. Bet. We're going to. I'm already. We're gonna, we're going to fly through it because we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Yeah, we got football, we got MLB, and we got high school. So real quick, the ships did drop two straight. I was at the game Tuesday at Sheboygan North. Guys, if you thought I complained about the officials during Brilliant Ron Colley, oh my goodness, I would have had some things to say about this game at Sheboygan North. It was just atrocious, might not even be the correct word to describe the scene at Sheboygan North High School. And then I was very shocked to see the ship's only losing by three to Notre Dame at home, only losing by three to one of the top teams in the conference. Surely the Lincoln will run through Pulaski at home on Tuesday and then another tough one at Preble on Friday. But yeah, this ship's team has been, it's, it's been a season. 
we're just going to leave it at that. As for Manitowoc Lutheran, they've won four of their last five. The Ethan Menges effect is indeed picking up. It is so good to see him back on the court for this team. Now, in the games he's been back, they've got stats for five games for Menges. He's averaging 20.8 points per game. Sho Fukasawa, 11.2. August Hecker, 10.2. This is a team that last year had four players average nine points a game, no one in double digits. And now they've got three guys averaging over 10 points a game. Noah Sarneski with 9.3. Aiden Franzen with 7.7. Luke Marone with 5.7 as well. So this team is doing well right now with Ethan Menges back, who's averaging 10 boards a game in his five games back. So that's it for them. And then EWC, we saw the action on Thursday. Chilton beat TR 47 to 36. So that ended the run of Two Rivers, who was actually, we incorrectly told Coach Chilton, was up 22-16 at the half. We thought TR was leading, so I don't know if we got the wrong information or we just forgot. I don't know. I'll take the blame. But anyway, Chilton did beat TR 47-36. We know about Ron Colley winning. Burley and beaten Holstein 89-50, as we'd expect. And then Bowders beats Falls 77-55. to We now wait until, I believe, yes, this Friday. So it is a long time off for conference action, but this Friday, Ron is at Chilton. Keels at New Holstein, Brilliant is at Falls. That'll be a one-sided affair. And then Valders is at Two Rivers. Basically all very, very predictable EWC games. I mean, TR, I would have said if they had six straight, they could hang with Valders. But now coming off the loss to Chilton, it's like, well, Valders is going to beat him regardless. So I wouldn't give him that much of a chance anymore. But EWC, whatever you want to talk about, go for it. I got Valders by 30, Jordan. This is second second games yeah. around, though. We're, we're around that now. So we're going to start seeing the second games coming up. That's the first time there. Um, and then also we got, yes, yeah, so we got some good non-con games coming up. Valors actually plays it back to back Monday, Tuesday. I will be at the game Tuesday when they play Green Bay East at home. Oh, we'll talk okay. about a, a big is, non-con game there. Is Green Bay East D2 or I think they're D1. Are they not? What conference are they um, in, Jordan? Are they not? In... I'll look it up real quick if you want to continue. Thank you. Um, but looking at it. Yeah, um, certainly. I, you know, Coach Garso mentioned it too, just how like the second games are coming up now. You see opponents twice, so that's going to be a big, you know, message. Certainly, now that teams have seen you once, you can really, can really game plan around you the second time. And Val, there's no non-con wins yet. Just want to point that out. Their their four and seven records kind of misleading. Coach Trevor Schwer likes to get tough non-con opponents for Valders. So they are D one, ten yeah. and one Green Bay East. So they're in the Bay Conference. Where they're three and one in I think, conference I, action. I think they're ranked actually, like uh, statewide. So that's that certainly would probably make sense. Something to look out for, Jordan. But yeah, I think this Valor's team, you know, second time around. I think I think I still am gonna go with that. I think they finished third in conference. I think they finished over Keel. They have a weak sectional other than Sheboygan area Lutheran. That's where it gets tough. So that Casey Verhagen led squad, um, with him being a top player, I believe he committed D2 as well. So uh, certainly going to be tough there, but like if you can get past them, um, that's that's certainly you, you get a game then to go to state, which is shocking, you know, for where this team's record wise, like their sectional is all D4 schools because now they got Valders bumped down into D4 for playoffs. So could that be big for them, certainly Green, could be Green Bay East only loss, by the way, on the air. As I said, they're 10 and 1, their only loss is to 6 and 0 West Appear. West Appear is a D2 school, but they're 11 and 4. Overall, so it's not a bad loss at all for Green Bay East. That is going to be tough for the Vikings. It really will, and I'll be at that game, so I'll be able to break it down. 
looking at the rankings though, Jordan, uh, we see division one. Yeah. Uh, Green Bay East is actually not ranked. My apologies. Oh, okay. But yeah, they are. Maybe one. they were at one point. Yeah. I, they, they certainly could have been brilliant. Still at number six, Ron Colley's at number five. I think they might drop, you know, to six maybe, but like, well, they should yeah. stay around there. Milwaukee Academy of Science, the number one team in D4 hung or almost Keel hung in there. Yeah. Keel hung in there. That's why I meant. Yeah. But they almost, you know, had a loss given to them. They're a six point win only for Milwaukee Academy of Science. Yeah. Keel, Keel really hung in there. And I was going to say Milwaukee Academy of Science hung in there. I mean, they, yeah, they were well, the favorites. They did too. They, they but, did yeah. too, but like it would have made sense. So. Yeah, uh, that was certainly, you know, an upset in the making there. And Keel's played well. So, but I, I can't, I just, I don't see this, the shooting streak that they've been on. I, I can't see that keeping up. I just don't find that, you know, realistic. You know, we saw, think about some of the threes we saw them at. We saw Pierce Arns make an NBA range three from the left wing. He's a great player, but, you know, not at, at high school level, you know, that's certainly not a shot you'll be, you'll be all for as a coach and, you know, Coach Rumpf, I'm not sure how he felt about that shot, but hey, he made it. So, yeah, at the end of the right, day, as long as he's making them. Yeah. And sorry, that's just, that was the tangent I wanted to go on with, with the Valders and the um, rankings there and with Keel, too. So, just looking at coming up yeah, on Friday. Yeah, really good games. And I also want to mention one more thing with Valders. Mason Myers now. Replaces Joe Witzek on the assist leaderboard. 4.9 assists. I This guy oh. was out against the Ron Cow- this when they played Ron Colley. And I, I'm telling you, Jordan, it made a big difference. It may, might have made a 20, you know, 15 to 20 point team difference in that loss. They I, they still lose that game by double digits, but not by 30 plus, you know? Well, not, especially the way they started completely slow. I, yeah, I don't think that happens against if they have Mason Myers. But again, it's all what ifs there. And I also want to mention Phil Casper inserts himself number five in conference and scoring kind of replaces like, you know, that New whole team is interesting. They almost beat Valders and they're one in 14 overall, but they got like three guys in double digits in scoring. Right. Casper, it doesn't make sense. Henry Schnell and Jaden Braun. But from there, you know, that's kind of where it falls off. And that's kind of where they, they get beat their depth. It, like it's just those three guys there. And Casper. So I, be, I did that Ron Colley game at New Holstein. I believe Casper was held scoreless. I believe he didn't have a single point. So that's going to bring his average down right there. And that's just one game. So, I mean, this kid's good, but New Holstein as a team, like you said, they've got the guys, but they just can't, they yeah. can't put it all together. His older brother, Sam, you know, was certainly a great player and Phil's really, you know, capturing his inner Sam Casper, I call it. That's <laughs> been great to see, but I'm just, I'm still shocked. TR being five and seven, but that's kind of my, my wrap up, you know, the bow on this EWC boys recap here because we'll be talking some EWC boys still on our girls recap. It's gonna be both EWC. We're start with girls, primarily girls, but we we still gotta talk about like we gotta talk about two games of the year that happened. Yeah, of course. Because gotta so, talk about them all. They were big time. We were at them both. You bet we were. We were on the call for one. That, that's even yeah, bigger. That's even better. That is even so. better. So. That'll do it. Let's go. MLB, you said we had a little discussion happening last Thursday, and hopefully we're uh, hopefully we're finally going to get things situated with the MLB. I am very close to getting some spring training tickets to a game when I go, but if it even happens, but I think all roads are pointing to it going on. You don't have the tickets, right? I know you said. No, not yet. Okay, good, because right now that is might not be happening, Jordan. And I really you know, hate to sound very negative here, but the MLB created their first proposal after locking out 
and they call it, and I quote, little progress. So, oh, there, see, I thought it was of, more. So this is bad. Uh, they're supposed to report in about a month from now, pitchers and catchers, but free agency. There's still guys who are not signed. You know, Nicholas right. Castellanos, uh, Carlos Rodon. You know, some of these guys are not signed yet, and there, there's a lot of there's a lot of issues with that because MLB. You know, they've made some proposals. Uh, MLB is still proposing the 14 team expanded playoffs and the universal DH. Keep that, that in mind. we need. I don't know what the 14 team expanded playoffs are. That's where it gets a little. No, that we don't need. Okay, we just good. need the DH. Yeah, you know what? I, I can live with that. And I will. I am willing to debate with anyone about who thinks we do not want the universal DH. I, you know. Well, and it still makes zero sense why it's in one league, but not the other. It, you got to go all or nothing. It it's cannot tra- be in the AL, but not in the NL. It's tradition. That's what that's. But no. Which, I mean, it, it is tradition, but at the same time, we're, we're seeing pitchers get hurt. And, you know. Yes. Um, yeah, I it, it's it's time for change. I liked it in 2020, and we yeah, the Brewers especially should be all fans should be advocates for it after we've seen pitchers get hurt while hitting an exactly. unbelievably amount of amount of times. So, got a few more things with it, Jordan. Go. Uh, they didn't um didn't newly adjust its proposal for the league minimum salaries, um, which is not really gonna like the what the players are not gonna like because it's around it's six hundred thousand dollars to seven hundred thousand dollars, so that's a hundred thousand dollars. And what the players want, they want 775 and 875. So we see a little discrepancy mm. there. They want to raise our to raise the threshold, the 214 to 220 for millions for like the salary cap. I believe that's what we're referring to there. Um, and then the other thing was like, um, I'm looking through something quickly. It's about, you know, with where is it? There it is. You tell me. Yeah, I will tell you, Jordan. Regarding, they have not made proposals with revenue sharing, which players, of course, aren't going to like. And then um, the time it takes to adjust to or to adjust the time for players to reach free agency. So that's certainly some players want you know be able to reach free agency quicker, get that get that check, and then also yeah, revenue sharing. You know, those are things. And the other thing I was going to mention here was a draft lottery. I believe that was because. The whole idea right now, MLB, they want teams to compete, right? So one way to do that, draft lottery. Therefore, you know, like you can't just tank the whole year and just assume I'm going to get the first overall pick, right? I like it. So that draft lottery was something. I don't know how players fight, um, feel about it. That's what I was trying to look for before where I was, you know, searching, trying to stall a little bit because I was looking. I wanted to see if there was something about it. And there's nothing about it, how the players feel about it. So. Oh, and the only thing that was about it, though, was that the players, um, they proposed the lottery for the top eight picks. And that doesn't say like. Okay. Like they both I have mean, made proposals. It's not the worst. Yeah. But they both have made proposals for it, but nobody. No, yeah. And like the union, they felt um, uh, it was for the top three only is what the MLB proposed. And the players oh, want no. top eight. So the players want I would, competitive. I, yeah. You could even go and balance that to like top five or something like that. Top eight isn't bad. Top three is too small. I, I would agree. I think I think something yeah, around there would be fair, even just a lottery. And I think they're on the right track with the lottery thing. And that's where I'm going to cut my my bas- or my baseball uh, lockout talk. And I'll, I'll, we're going to talk about something happy. You ready? I, I, I'm surprising it. you with this. Oh, boy. Brewers have announced today, or they announced this last week, the club's bobblehead giveaway. Oh, yes. I, I screenshotted the email. Yes. Fans will receive six opportunities to take home a bobblehead. And one other chance to receive a 90s Robin Yacht replica jersey. They I do actually that every year. 
have the Robin Young replica jersey they gave out a few years ago oh. with me. It's in the basement. I brought it down okay. in honor of the episode. So I know we can't see the video, but I have right. it down here. Just so you know. And here are the, here are the dates. They didn't May give away what the bobbleheads are, though. So I was a little sad. Yeah. Not yet. They're all they're all on Sundays, May 22nd, June 5th, June 26th, July 10th, July 24th, August 7th being the Robin Hood Yeah Replica Jersey Day. Last time they did that, that was absolute sellout. Like, oh, yeah. No seat you could find. It was all filled. And so Sunday, September 11th is the final one. And those are the giveaways. And that's why I wanted to mention um, they're going to announce later, you know, a full the full promo schedule with uh, community and theme night packages where you have to pay extra with your ticket to get a special bobblehead whatever special you know anything so do you think that september 11th one could be like a 9 11 style bobblehead like they could do something really cool with that it could be something really patriotic i think that'd yeah. be cool if they did something like that i would agree and that'd be something to keep an eye out for and we'll keep you guys updated we love we love keeping yes. you updated on promos and that's that's kind of all i had for the brewers stuff lb stuff anything else you want to add not really for the Brewers right now. No, I want to go to a spring training thing, though, because two years ago when I went, was it three years ago? I don't even remember. I went to two different stadiums. This year, I was going to go to a different stadium because they're all like it within 20 to 30 minutes from where my uncle lives down there. So I was going to go to a different one, but we'll have to see. I love my spring training games, so I don't know if we'll get to do it or not. Let's talk some football. The playoffs happened Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, as we said earlier in the episode. Saturday, there was nothing to talk about from the Bills and Patriots, 47-17. I mean, real quick, the Bills are looking like contenders, though, if they keep playing like this. Josh Allen was perfect. He can run, he can throw, and their run game was working. So if you have any comments on the Bills, you can go for it. Oh, I'll say Bill Belichick's worst loss in his coaching playoff career. History. Playoff history, yeah, for him, for his playoff history. And, um, you know, Mac Jones, two interceptions, tough game for him. But, like, I don't not fair to judge. This is their first playoff. You know, run with, with Jones under center. I think they'll be back next year. They'll be back hungry. And that's, I'll leave it at that. I'm still not completely sold on Mac Jones either. This rookie class, I am, I'm on the fence about quite a few of them. Trevor Lawrence is obviously terrible. Tua, I know he was years ago, but I don't think Tua is going to be any good. Justin Fields, I don't think is that great either. I mean, there's some guys. Fields has the most potential out of anyone. And then you got Mac Jones in there. But Joe Burrow, by far, head and shoulders above everyone right now. 26-19 win. Bengals over the Raiders. First playoff win since 91, I believe, for Cincinnati. It was at home. That crowd was rowdy. It was all Bengals to start. And then they just couldn't score touchdowns. We've seen the Packers have this problem before. But the Bengals just couldn't get the ball in the end zone. They end up winning 26-19 thanks to a Derek Carr interception on fourth and goal. I believe it was. Derek Carr is not a guy I want. With the teams on my back, playoffs, last possession, he's not the guy I want leading the team. He's not bad. He's just not that caliber of a player. Joe Burrow gets the win for the Bengals. Joe Mixon did okay, but not really anything too spectacular. This Bengals team, though, Drew, is one to watch out for moving forward. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. And you know, Derek Carr, he's actually known for having some great, you know, game time, game yeah. drives. But certainly, you're right. Um, I mean, there's better. It's two fifty fifty for me. It's like you never know what you're going to get. There's certainly better options under center. I agree in a, a spot like that. But you know what was really the main head story, like main news line headline I, after this game was how the refs botched that call. And, uh, and I else. don't understand it. You don't. Um, the whistle was blown. And yeah. Okay. So that's what I don't understand. So Joe Burrow clearly didn't go out of bounds. There's official like standing right on the sideline. He wasn't even the one who blew the whistle. It was the far official that blew it. 
and he blew it after the ball was in the air nearly to Tyler Boyd in the end zone. And then for the announcers to say that the cornerback gave up on the play makes no sense because he was right there until the very end. And then he jumped, but he like didn't even try to jump because he already gave up on the play, not because of the whistle, but because he knew he couldn't get to the ball. I don't think I understand they're trying to twist it for Raiders fans, but it's and still the whistle should have never been blown in the first place. They should have redone the play. But why was the whistle blown there is my question. Why wasn't it blown immediately when Burrow, quote unquote, went out of bounds? And then I just don't I don't get why the whistle came in when it did. So the people so people make mistakes and the whistle was blown just before the throw was made because an official thought Burrow stepped out of bounds. But it wasn't. If you listen to when the whistle was, the whistle was after the ball was in the air. This is what uh, and what NFL I've I've heard it, Jordan, and it's saying the whistle. Is that what their statement? Yeah, the whistle should have blown the play dead, erasing the touchdown. And with that, well, I think what happened was the whistle was blown, which made the players give up. That's what we saw the receipt like the. They said that, though, but they really didn't. Well, and if the whistle's blown, Jordan, the play's dead. That's at at, at the end of the day. So. The whistle, so the play should have been dead then, and it wasn't. So the touchdown should have been erased. And with that, and there's, I actually found an article with the rule being quote. Yes. So I understand the rule. I just don't understand why the whistle came in when it did. And then these officials, they announced Sunday morning that they're not going to do another playoff game, which is a good thing because they were messing up calls left and right. They called a Renfro catch a catch when it was clearly incomplete and that ball came out. I mean, they had some awful awful calls in this game yeah and they're expected to receive a poor grade as a result good in the league office so they review performances certainly you're right now this wasn't the worst this was certainly the worst one but this wasn't the only one there were certainly both teams got you know there's some that's why yes it was kind of even at the end of the day look i'm not yeah and this certainly you know would have erased that touchdown but who's to say like they don't get points this drive still i know it's a third and four so they still would have gotten a field goal i don't know I think at the end of the day, like, I'll be honest, the Bengals were the better team. The Bengals won. So I'm not, I can't be upset, but like, if I'm a, if I'm a Raiders fan, I would be upset, you know, cause that touchdown should not have been a touchdown based on the right. rules, but you know, it was so early about- in the game though, that they still had plenty of chances to get back in. It's not like the NFC championship game last year where the Packers lost because of a no call or a call on that last penalty when they didn't call anything the entire game, you know, that sort of thing. But the end of the day, the Bengals won, and that's what you got to live with. So, if we got three games today, and briefly, I did want to say tonight, Rams, Cardinals, who you got? This is a big game. Stafford 0 3 in his playoff career. Cardinals have been very, very iffy down the stretch, but they just, I mean, they beat the Cowboys. I don't know. I really don't know. I, I'm going Rams, though. I'm pulling for the Rams. Well, Jordan, I'm going to go Rams, too. You know, we talk Cooper Good. Cup because. Yes. Oh, sleeper. the sleeper, yes. Sleeper, if he gets 100 plus yards, everyone who makes a parlay with Cooper Cup gets 10 bucks. So shout and out to I Sleeper made, again. I made multiple because I thought this was like the Alabama-Georgia one where like they had to score and then you had to win to get it. But it's not. This one's, they're saying if he gets over 100 yards, no matter what, you get 10 Everyone bucks. wins. Yeah. So that that's some cool stuff there. Uh, we like Sleeper, but yeah, I'm no, I'm just rooting for the Rams. I think the Rams, you know, they're they're really the better. I think they're the better team as of late. If we look at it like that, the Cardinals have really struggled. But I, you know, I I think the Rams. I'd rather see the Rams make it farther than the Cardinals. So go Rams. Let's go bet of the week. This is one of our long bets this week. I'm just going to ask you straight up: our long bet, who wins the Super Bowl? 
Okay. I gotta yep. go with the 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 other the, the baddest man, Aaron Rodgers. All right, that's I, acceptable. So I'll I'll take the Packers. So I knew you would do that, and that's why I've been thinking about this because I didn't want to pick the Packers. I wanted to be different. I wanted to try and obviously I want the Packers. Packers are my number one. Bengals are my number two, but I'm not picking either of them. You know who I am picking to win the Super Bowl? It's my chalk you. The Dallas Cowboys. That is my pick right now to win. I don't want it to happen. I really don't know if I think it's going to happen either. But if anyone's got a shot to beat the Packers, if Ezekiel Elliott is on, that run game could go all the way through. Cowboys defense is interesting. Just for the long bet, I am picking the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think the Cowboys make it out of wild card weekend, Jordan. I know we'll know by tomorrow. I got the 49ers wow. in an upset. So okay. it's not Nickelodeon. I don't, I don't I think, trust the Niners. I, 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 well, the 49ers are the team I would not want the Packers to face. They are playing great as of late. Good defense, good running, good running the ball. Debo Samuel, you know, Swiss Army knife. Talk about one. Can do everything. A prime example of one. I, I, if I'm the Packers, I talked about it on the lockdown corner and on the journey of the million. I would not want to face. I would. I would not want to face the 49ers at Lambeau, but that's just me. I'm rooting for them, to, the the Cowboys, to win in the championship because the Cowboys, I think, are so overrated with guys like Trayvon Diggs. You know, oh, he's the most overrated. overhyped player in the league, undoubtedly. And I just think they're, you know, their offense. I know Gallup torn ACL, but I think, you know, they got Lamb, you got Coop, Cooper, Schultz. and you know they don't, yeah, and they don't throw, they don't run the ball out with Zeke, so that's certainly an alarming thing. And I, I don't know. And Zeke really has hasn't really performed like stats wise the way you'd want him to. And even just grading, you know, there's there, he's been not as as he should be, you know, not Ezekiel Elliott esque. Let's say we'll see. So, yeah, I just wanted to go wild and go rogue and make an interesting pick. That was Minnesota wild. I'd say Jordan. <sighs> just Absolutely to, you good. Know. You got to go bold. I mean, that's how you win the big bucks, right? You got to try these new things to pay off. Let's go to trivia. It is our final special edition of trivia. Next week, it'll be football video games prior to 2000. And this week, it's just a little NFL season trivia. So going off the teams in the playoffs, we're going to talk about them. And we've got five questions kind of all over the place, but let's do it. Who won the season series between the Cardinals and the Rams? It was, hold on, it was the Rams. Or it was tied. Did they split it? What's your final answer? Wait, they played. They played twice. Okay. Um, holy crap. Throw me for a curveball here to start. I'm going to go and I will say, I'll say they tied at 1-1. Yes, they did tie it. The Cardinals won the first meeting 37-20 and then the Rams won on Monday Night Football. They're doing it again on Monday night. So we'll have to see how that pans out. The game that's happening actually just started right now as we're recording. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they beat the Eagles in the regular season. They had one meeting. How many points did the Bucs beat the Eagles by? You can guess first, and then I'll give you options. Was it like 10? Okay, incorrect. So your options are 6, 13, or 17? 17. 6. It was a 28-22 win for the Buccaneers in the regular season. Next question, true or false? The Cowboys are coming into their game against the Niners on a five-game win streak. Cowboys five game win streak. Um, that's false. It is false. They lost they the lost. Cardinals. Yes, and I actually blew it because I just said that earlier on, so I didn't even I blew it. But you remembered you got I, it I right. It, yeah. So yes, I figured it wouldn't really matter. Anyways, next question: another true or false? 
the Chiefs and Steelers have split their last six meetings. Ooh, I'm going to say true. It is true. I figured you would actually go false on this one because I'm sure a lot of people would think the Chiefs have won in their last six. But no, the Chiefs won in 2015. Steelers won the next three and Chiefs have won two straight. So it's all knotted up at three. I'm sure the Chiefs won on Sunday night unless Big Ben has the game of his life. And now your next question, you don't get options. You're going to have to think this one through. This season, the Packers beat how many of the teams that are in the playoffs? <laughs> this is actually good. Okay. Rams, one. Okay. Cardinals, two. Okay. Um, okay. Now I got I to gotta go through my list of teams they've played. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can just visualize who's in the playoffs. I'm not looking anything up. I, I promise. Yeah. I no, I said visualize. Yeah. Uh, That's where I get like, I get a little stuck because like, I don't know. They beat Rams. They beat those. Yep. No NFC North. And that, so that's like, that's a lot of opponents right there. That's, that's six games right there. Uh, they lost. Oh my goodness. I don't, I don't know. I got to think <laughs> this is Jordan. This is tough. I know it is. That's why I wanted to end with it. I'm going to be thinking, so my mic, you're not going to hear me for a sec. It's okay. Packers beat how many of the teams that are in the playoffs? He's got the Cardinals. He's got the Rams. He's got two of them. How many more are there is the question in the new and improved 17-game regular season. Currently, three of four in trivia, which is good. It's not bad at all. But can you go four or five? I'm going to say four. Oh, that's close. It's five. So they beat the Cards and the Rams. They beat the Bengals. That was that wild field goal game in overtime. Mm -hmm. They beat the Steelers, which I forgot about. I forgot about that game against Big Ben. And they beat the Niners as well. Oh, yep. They did on. Ah, they beat them. That was uh, Sunday night football. Yep. Yep. Okay. The Steelers. The Steelers and Niners were kind of the tricky ones to me. I knew Bengals cards I and Rams. The Steelers. No, I, yes, I, was, okay. I watched that Niners game too. Yeah. I just, yeah. I think I watched them all. That, so, that was but, early in the year. That was like, week. yes. And so was the Bengals. The Bengals was like week four or something like that. That Cardinals one. You can't forget that. That Thursday night game, Aaron Rodgers beats them with none of his receivers. Three of five performance, 28 out of 45 right now. So you have a chance to finish in your second best. All you need is a three out of five performance. On the next set of trivia, and you'll go 31 out of 50. You know, you did 30 out of 50 in the first two seasons, 37 out of 50 in season three, and that wraps things up. JD Sports Pod on Twitter, Jordan underscore Sports Crew on our Instagram, Jordan Jude Sports Crew on Facebook and on YouTube. Drew, tell the people where to find you, and we'll be sharing everything about our game coming up on Thursday. Yep. Anywhere on social media, Drew Skyberg, D R E W S K Y B E R G. That does it for episode 45 of Jordan Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.